With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No borders. No nations. Stop deportations. No borders. No nations. Stop deportations. No borders. No nations. Stop deportations. That's right, no borders, no nations, nothing, just blow it all up. It's the Rocky Boyman Show, News Radio 700, WLW. It's a pleasure, as always, to be with you. We've got a full three hours tonight, all the way until midnight. Jim Ozarski is going to join me at 10. We'll talk a little Bengals as they kick off uh, the season versus the feared and dreaded Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. But what a crazy world we live in. As Just before I come in the studio here, there's a picture out there of Trump hamming it up with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and McConnell, and they're all sitting there on the couch, and the smiles, and the pictures, and the this and that. Just, I mean, just images or images every day. You see that you're like, I never thought in a million years I would see that. So we got that issue going on, and we'll talk about that. The debt ceiling being raised or not raised, and obviously also uh, DACA is the big issue. DACA, defended, uh, defend, deferred action for childhood arrivals, another word for illegal immigration, and what to do with these eight hundred thousand um, kids, quote unquote, that are now in the nation. What, what do we do with them? Do we send them back? Do we say, hey, look, you're here for, for no fault of your own? What do we do? So Trump ruled on DACA, or did he? It's kind of confusing what's going on in our political world right now. And joining us right now on the, sh- on the show to discuss in studio is a good friend of the show, uh, political science professor with Xavier Mac Mariani. Mac, how are you? It's it's great to be here, as always, Ron. So, so let's start first with, with DACA. So obviously, look, this is a very complex issue. On one hand, you say America voted right big time for that we look we want we want our country back we want borders in our country um we don't want um soft stances on illegal immigration right so on one hand on the other hand you say well you know these kids are here in the country illegally to the tune of about eight hundred thousand. it wasn't their fault they're here so what do you what do you do with it i mean what's your take on this daca issue well, you know, I think that one of the things you see is that, you know, first of all, it's, it's what does it stand for? It's delayed action on childhood arrivals, and the the action is deportation, right? Well, you know, what the um, what the Obama administration decided to do was essentially say, listen, we're going to create a process for um, this group of eight hundred thousand people um, to sign up and to uh, provide information, and then we're going to facilitate um, essentially a way for them to go to college, go to, go to high school, do what, do what they need to do to kind of be part of the communities in which they live rather than, again, the, the language that they used was to take them out of the shadows, right? To bring right. That, to, to allow them to kind of, uh, integrate themselves into society in a more open way. Um, because the delayed action here is, is the action that nobody ever expects to be taken because there's no expectation that they're actually going to be deported or forced out of the country. These, no, these so, are yeah. people who've been brought here as children. Um, and there, there's a fairly, fairly widespread consensus that something has to be done with them, and probably deportation isn't the right thing. Right, and and obviously all this was passed. It was an unconstitutional act by by Obama. You know, there was no you know, no congressional support. Nothing was voted on. He said, "Look, this is kind of the way it is." And of course, he knew he very, very smartly knew that back then 
okay, as long as I get this through, and for whatever reason, no one really opposed him on this, not in any real palpable form. He knew that once it was in place, the argument for getting him out, which is what's going on right now, is how dare you? It's inhumane, it's racist, it's this and that to, you know, to kick people out of the country, which in a way you, you agree with. But on the other hand, you say this is... This was an unconstitutional passing. I, I guess one of my questions to you, Mac, is I feel like we live in a world where anymore, if something is, it's okay if it's unconstitutional as long as it's humane, right? As long as we attach this humane sort of aspect to it. That's very dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, I think it was a bad precedent. I think, you know, regardless of what you think about the policy, um, this was kind of back in the in the time when when President Obama had this. Uh, I've got a phone and I've got a pen. I've got a pen and a phone, and I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna do things, um, and I'm gonna go around Congress. And there's this this kind of theory that he floated out, which is that you know, well, when Congress fails to act, like that somehow gives the president these kind of superpowers. Uh, which is a bizarre constitutional notion. Um, now his lawyers kind of argued, well, this is this is not some constitutional uh, this abridgment of uh, the president's power, the expansion of the president's power. It's actually just prosecutorial discretion. They're gonna we're just gonna choose not to prosecute them and deport them. We're gonna put them at the end of the line. Um, the challenge with that, right, is that it's not a very free, because it's an executive uh, action that's just taken with a pen and a phone. It can be undone. With a pen very and a phone, quickly, right? Um, and the, so it's not—it's not a very solid or, or uh, um, you know, well, ne- not necessarily a well thought out policy in the sense that it, nobody's bought in except for the president. You have one one person who has to buy into it. He doesn't have to get the Republicans in Congress to buy in. He doesn't have to get uh, Congress, the House, and the Senate to agree because to do that would require him to compromise. And this allowed President Obama to do whatever he wanted without compromise. And I think that's a um, that's a that's a, a dangerous precedent to to make. Um, but here we are. And um, as you said, you know, the, the president, President Obama at the time, um, probably calculated correctly that once I lock this in, it's never going to be taken away. Never. Even if it's done in the wrong way, even if it's done in a way that, that slowly kind of uh, chips away at the, at the limits of, of executive power um, and chips away at our kind of recognition of the, the proper balance of powers between the president and the Congress. Um, that's okay, because if, if, if you're President Obama back then, you thought, well, Democrats have this blue wall. We're never going to lose the presidency. And so it's always going to be Democrats who control the White House. And so th- this is a great way to expand the power of the presidency and not worry about the Republicans in Congress. And, you know, now we've got President Trump and we see that uh, that blue wall wasn't as solid as everyone thought. Absolutely. But but so so it's kind of confusing what's actually going on. And maybe you can help us understand that, I guess, the, the, the process here. So Trump said he ended it. He basically passed it on to Congress with they have to act on it within like in, in six months. Correct. Which is, I mean, strategically, that's right around kind of the midterms. Right. So is he kind of putting their their feet to the fire a little bit to make them make a decision on, on immigration or, but then he said he can revisit it. So, I mean, it's, it's very wishy-washy. It's hard to understand. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things is Trump sometimes his own worst enemy, you know, because no, he'll, what? He'll, no. he'll float out four or five different things and you're not sure what, what to think. Right. Um, I, you know, I think that, the, the, the this is really, I mean, ultimately this is not so much about, uh, the um, the DACA program as much as it is the um, about um, the immigration issue generally and the and the sense from the president that he's not getting what he wants uh, from the from the Congress uh, in terms of funding for the wall 
And um, that's really what, what I think what the president's decision to kind of pull back on this. And earlier in the year, he basically said, I'm not going to do anything on this for, for a bit. I'm going to kind of wait and see. Well, now he says, oh, no, I'm going to you got six months. Uh, we're going to have to do something. And the, the goal, I think, the, the President Trump has was, hey, we're going to have to bring the Democrats to the table because they want this. And then I'm going to get be able to leverage this for my for my wall funding. The the problem and the and the so, wait, wait, so, so he was going to say, look, we're going to you know, kick these 800,000 kids out of the country unless you decide to get behind some support and give some support to closing the border. If you want my support for turning this into a law um, and giving kind of creating a permanent solution for for these 800,000 people, then we're going to have you're going to have to go along with what what I want. I think that's it. That was his thinking. I think the challenge is uh, he ran into the problem that you have the the Republicans in Congress who are the absolute worst bluffers and card. You would want to play poker with these people, right? Because they're immediately like, oh, we're, you know, don't worry. We're never going to we're never going to do that. Um, rather than playing um, kind you're of playing the, hardball, playing a hardball yeah. with the Democrats and saying, listen, there's nothing we could do. It's this or it's this or you know, this this policy that you want is going out the window. The Republicans in Congress have basically said, thrown up the white flag and said, we're going to we're eventually going to sign this into law. So if you're Chuck Schumer and the Democrats, there's absolutely zero incentive to come to the table and give Trump anything. Right. Um, and well, so, but, but look, I mean, the Republicans know damn what they're doing. They don't want to work with Trump. They're hoping Trump just goes down a heaping ball of flames and they'll be able to stand there afterward and say, hey, see, we told you so. We told you this rogue guy with no political experience, a complete outsider was no good. They want him to fail. This is it. I mean, Trump's biggest task, his biggest challenger isn't the Democrats. It isn't the media. It's his own party. I said that the day he got elected, and it's it's proven true every single day. They won't pass anything with health care reform, and now here they are going to, gonna, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to bluff on this. Well, they're, they're showing their, their cards right away. They're not going to want to do anything. Uh, well, absolutely. And I, think, and I think there is a calculation from some in Congress, Lindsey Graham and some others, who think, well, this, you know, if Trump doesn't get what he wants on immigration, right, if he failed to get what he wanted on, on health care, um, that that's going to, that well, that's going to destroy Trump. And, you know, the, the, the danger for Republicans, I think, is what they don't realize is that this immigration issue is no longer about the policy. Um, it's really about the trust between the Republican voters and the Republican Congress. And the Republicans said in you know 2008 and 2012, we're going to build this wall if we just got to get enough votes. They said the same thing about uh, repealing Obamacare. They didn't deliver on Obamacare. If they failed to deliver on the wall, whether it's a, the right policy or the wrong policy, it was the promise that they made to their voters. It has 75% support among Republicans. They failed to deliver. That's a breach of trust. And I don't know if the, if the party ever recovers from it. So, so, but if knowing that, you know that, I know that, why don't these smart people, these congressmen say, look, man, we're, we're going to get voted out here if we don't start delivering on promises, right? Oh, we've, we're very good at pointing out the faults of the other party when we're in the minority, but now we have the power. Now we have a position to do something. We can add to our legacy. Why do they choose to, to stick on the, on, on the sidelines, knowing that it's not going to end well? The voters are not all of a sudden going to go, okay, you know what? We're actually for uh, you know just open borders. Most of the people in middle America right, vehemently disagree with illegal immigration. Right, They're not going to change tomorrow. So don't they know that? Don't they know that these people are still going to be fired up and go to the ballot box and, and, and vote against them? Or are they just still... 
look at the numbers and say, oh, I'll still have enough votes to get in. What is it? I mean, I think part of it is, I mean, one is when you when you poll these things individually, there there is a sense, for instance, the DACA program polls about 68, 70% in support of keeping, allowing them to stay. Um, and so if you look at those numbers and you're a Republican office holder, you're like, oh, my, I don't want to go against that that policy. But the problem is, is it's, it's not just that policy, right? If the only policy you pass as a Republican Congress, is the Democratic is essentially taking one of Obama's pet programs and passing that into law and per making it permanent. Um, and you don't do any of these other things that Trump ran on that, that, that he promised to his voters that you promised to your voters in 2008 and 2012 and 2016. Um, that's the problem with it. It's not so much this particular issue. It's when you look at this issue as the only thing that they were able to succeed at and all the other issues that Republican voters wanted they got denied on nothing that's that's going to leave the party really in a bad spot um and again on this individual issue you know they could look at this as a loser going against it but it you know it's a bigger loser if this is the only thing you do if, if you package this with with some of the other things and and by some of those other things i don't mean tax cuts for corporations right you know, i think the the if, if that's yeah. the other thing that they do hey don't worry we passed obama's um uh, his uh um, Dreamers Act. Um, we made that permanent, and we also get, got a whole bunch of tax cuts that you're not going to enjoy yeah. because you no longer have a job. That's not. Gonna, that's not. You're not feeding that no. constituency at all. They're ignoring it. And you know, you think about the alternative. What we, what we were talking about on the first day. Again, this is not you know necessarily my party um, that we're talking about. But if if this if if the Republicans in Congress had learned something from that election, it was that what they were doing wasn't working. And that's why Trump, this outsider who often seemed like he was very poorly informed about issues and um, didn't really know what he was doing, was kind of winging it, that he beat your 15 best guys right? Yeah, uh, and women and uh, ended up being the last man standing there. And then for the Democratic Party with, the, with Hillary Clinton, one of the most well-known and, and certainly heavy favorites in the history of, of election races, and she loses to him, neither party – and in particular, the Republican Party seems to have learned anything because they haven't changed their behavior in one, one bit. Um, and they haven't actually done anything differently than we would have expected them to do policy-wise you know, before Trump's election. So they learned nothing from it. No, yeah, smart people learn nothing. Mac Marani uh, joined us here on the show, political science professor with, with Xavier. So, so do you think anything gets done with illegal immigration? I mean, this is a, again, this is a big issue. Republican-controlled Senate, House, presidency. Governors all across the country. Do you think anything gets done? I mean, because at what point does it stop? Okay, maybe eight hundred thousand. We can figure out how to absorb that a little bit. But how many is is, is too many? I guess that, that that's the big question. It seems like the other side says that there isn't an answer to that. And as many as possible. Meanwhile, I know a lot of people. I'm sure you do too, especially blue collar workers that 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 can't work or they can't they can find work, but it's not for near the rates. Of that they should be getting because they know that there's illegal immigrants taking those jobs and doing it for a fraction of the cost. And of course, you know, the owners of companies are, are very happy to do that because that increases their profits. So at what point does, does, does the voice of America says stop, stop all this illegal immigration, stop it right now, but Republican controlled Senate, Congress, and nothing gets done? Well, and I think the other complicating factor is how, you know, this is a, a policy, um, problem that goes back three decades four decades this goes back to you know there's the famous clip of reagan and, and bush talking about it in the 1980 primary 
right? I mean, that's, that's how far, I mean, at least as far back as that, probably another 10 or 15 years before that, the 1965 Immigration Act certainly was, um, uh, was, was kind of the launching pad for a lot of the immigration, um, that follows. Um, I think, you know, the challenge that the Republicans face, I think the challenge that all Americans face is how, how do we make these decisions? How do we, one, uphold the rule of law? How do we do it in a way that doesn't, that doesn't, um, push away, um, the, the people who came here, because honestly, if you, if you're a, a person who came across the border legally, illegally, however you want, if, you know, I think you and I could probably are both in the same situation. If, if that was me and my family, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd be finding a way to get over here come hell or high water. I, I, I completely understand that. And I think that that, but the challenge is how do you talk about these issues? How do you talk about enforcing border security? How do you talk about getting to decide who comes in and when they come that, in? That's the big thing. It's, decided, that, that, it's like, yeah, let's bring in the best and brightest. The ones are going to make the cut, not, not the ones that are going to, you know, live off of welfare the whole time. Yeah, yeah but that, you that's know, what that's what people are. Most Americans are concerned about. I, I understand. I and I can under I can understand that. But I think that there's you know the reality is I I think that 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 all human beings have have value regardless of whether they are engineers or bricklayers or um, and I think you do too um, or uh, they're mopping floors and um, but it's a, doing it's something. Not, it's not yes. a matter. It's mm-hmm. not a matter of who's coming in or what your skills are in my mind. It's more about a matter of who decides, right? And should that be the American people in Congress assembled, uh, or it should be anybody who decides to come across the border, uh, you know, individually, and, and we could kind of have to accept that. I, I just personally, man, I, I am, you know, I think in life, you know, nothing is, is utopian. You can't just give give to everybody and give everybody a job. And, and excuse no, me for saying, I'm going to root for number one first. I'm going to root for, for the, the guy who's an American citizen. The guy who hasn't been able to get a job because his factory's been closed or because the, the, the wages or the jobs have just disappeared. I'm going to vote for him. I'm going to have priority on him before I am an outsider. I don't think that that makes no. me wrong for saying. I, that. And I think you you know one of the problems with this debate is I think for a long time we've had this debate as being kind of an all or nothing sort of debate that immigration has to be all good or all bad. And the question isn't necessarily is immigration good. It's the question is is immigration good for whom, right? And mm-hmm. if so, if you're as you're saying, if you're a roofer. Um, you know, in the, in the, in the Midwest or the Southwest, particularly the Southwest, well, you've seen that, it, you know, the prices you could charge for a roof have gone down, your ability to compete because you're competing against a huge new group of workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just basic supply and demand. Your, your life has gotten harder. Um, and, and that's one of the, th- that's one of the factors. Um, you also have technology as being a factor. So immigration is not the only factor. So you have this technological issues. You have issues of education. You have issues of um, social welfare. All these things kind of come together. And, and we look at the working class. And one of the reasons that, that Trump did well was the working class in the Midwest um, was kind of pushing back and saying, listen, we don't, we, we're kind of feel like we're left out. And yeah, they feel like everyone's us. been fighting for everybody except for us. The, the middle class guy, worker, blue collar worker, everyone is advocated for this group and that group and this group over here. And no one has, has got behind them. But Trump said, America first, right? Americans first. We're going to put our country and our country's citizens first. Which I, I, in a million years, I don't see how anybody could in this country could be against that, unless you just want total anarchy, total chaos, total upheaval of the system, which is ex- exactly what some people on the left absolutely want. But but I, I don't I don't I don't get that. I don't get, even get how that's a controversial issue. But here it is. 
and I just feel like nothing, nothing is going to get done with this. Nothing. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, one thing I would say is I do think th- this is where I would fault Trump in particular. And I think it comes to that one statement about they're sending us their rapists and their murderers. And I, you know, I think that that did him a tremendous amount of damage because I, th- I think that it's one of the things that Republicans have to, I think, try hard to do. And it's a very hard thing to do is to talk about the rule of law, to talk about the need to decide who comes in and when they come in and to come up with a sensible yeah. immigration policy that we can all agree on and actually follow. I, th- I think that's perfectly reasonable, but you have to do that in a way that also respects the idea that these are human beings who want to, who, who, who have the same desires and, and I, and, and love of their family and love of this country, possibly, you know, that, that, that we do. Right. Um, but, so we, but, but shouldn't, shouldn't anything thing be, I mean, demanded of them to give, to give back to the system? Well, I think, I think the, the, the expectation should be the, um, that they follow the rules, right? That's the, that's the, but no one is holding them but, accountable. But no, People but, are not going to voluntarily follow the rules. Right. That's exactly and pay taxes. So, They're going to so say, you, you know, do you blame them or do you blame the politicians who for four decades have said you don't have to follow the rules? Wink, wink, come on in. We, you know, we, this is how it works. So, you know, I, I, I don't blame the people who came in here because I think it's perfectly understandable, perfectly rational for them to come here for opportunity. No, I, I of course, um, blame, blame the politicians. The politicians say, come on in and rock demand anything said, It's ridiculous. Listen, we're going to, on one hand, they're going to say, we're enforcing the rules. We're for enforcing the rules. On, and on the other hand, they're like, we're not really enforcing the rules. And everybody knows that. And so that sent a, a terrible signal. It's, it's one of the things that I think the, the, the lower middle class and the, and the working class is reacting to this idea that there's two sets of rules. The rules that they have to follow and then the rules that everybody else has to follow, whether they're at the very top or the very bottom. Uh, the working class feels kind of squeezed because, the, you know, they feel like, listen, I pay my rules. I pay, I uh, play by the rules. I pay my, pay my taxes. I don't, I don't break the law. I don't, um, um, I, I don't, uh, um, you know, I got to pay all this money for car insurance. I've got all these different things. I got to register my car. I got I to go and get my license renewed. All these things that they do, that they feel yeah. like they have to do to follow the rules. And they know if they don't do any of those things that the law is going to come down come really hard the door. on them. Yes. Yes. Um, and they and they see the people at the top getting away with murder and they see, frankly, the people at the bottom who don't have anything to lose. Um, who who are able who are able to kind of skirt the law because they don't have anything to lose. No, there, there's a lot of there's a, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people out there that that again they want to live a, a just life and do things the right way. But I mean, how many times are you going to be made a fool of? Right? How many times are you going to do everything right the the hard way? And you look over and you see that well, the not the same expectation isn't being withheld on that guy, and the same expectation isn't 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 being demanded from this guy over here. Well, screw it, man. I'll, I'll, I'll join the, I'll join the, the fray as well. Once well, those, what, what once about, those you know, norms start coming down, it becomes, it, be, it That's it what I fear we're problem. at, Mac. That's what I fear we're at. There's a lot of just, you know, good minded people out there saying, look, I'm just tired of being made a fool of here. And well, you see, you see with, with welfare, people don't want to, I don't want to cheat the system because it's just morally wrong to do that. And, but for, they're like, how come, you know, I'm, I'm working my butt off and getting a fraction of the amount of this guy over here is doing nothing. I, does that make me uh, magnanimous or does that make me stupid? Well, and it's the same you know? as the norm for when you have a law that you want to pass, you go to Congress and you and you and you try to make and try to persuade Congress to pass it. You don't just take out your pen and your phone. And once you once <laughs> exactly once you throw right. that once you throw that norm out the window. Um, that's, that's, that's a road to a lot of pens and a lot of phones. Well, it is. Well, well Trump needs it, needs to come back and, and do, do some sort of, you know, well, every, every, you know, executive war he passes, some judges jump out of the woodwork. We've no one ever voted on, no one ever heard of, and, and they stop everything. And it's funny how that didn't happen on the other side, but nevertheless, Mac, we got to run, man. It's been fantastic. I appreciate it. It's been great, Rocky. Thanks a lot. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more 700 WLW. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.